Okay, here we are. Um, this week, I have my friend, Robinson Lynn, um, and I thought of you when I was thinking about relationship with my dad, mm-hmm. and I have a very interesting relationship with my dad. I didn't grow up with him in the house. Um, we did have conversation, communication, saw him occasionally. Um, as I got older, he kind of moved further and further away. First, he was in Jersey, then he was in Delaware, then he was in Maryland, and now he's in Atlanta. <laughs> so, uh, my dad was a little bit of a non-factor uh, for the most part of life, um, And I don't know whether it's because of his own experience, like how he grew up, or he just didn't know what to do with me. Um, And there was like nothing bad that ever happened, but it seemed like as I got a little bit older, we kind of had like an ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend relationship that you break up with, but y'all are not on bad terms. So you check in on each other from time to time. Hey, how you doing? And even now, so like I have the girls and the big one talks to him all the time on FaceTime and like I still kind of peek in. Sometimes I'll have conversation, but our conversations are very like adult and like I'll talk to him about like things in life. But I still don't really look at him as, like, a super father figure. Um, And so I also thought about how my relationship with my father, in hindsight, has created and shaped my relationships with men. And so I have had a relationship where the person is just like my father. And... You know, it's kind of like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) how could I have not seen that? Absolutely. But sometimes you don't see it when you're in it, but then sometimes it's kind of too late. And so it, the comparisons are scary sometimes because how that individual behaves, I can see my father doing stuff like that. But now my father, you know, he's older, so he's just like, I'm just going to sit back and not do anything. (laughs) But I wish that I was able to channel that because I feel like I could have handled that relationship a little differently. Um, And even, like, not having the best relationship with my dad, I feel like I didn't necessarily know how to navigate, you know, like the importance of being treated a certain way or accepting some things and not accepting other things. And I also wonder, like, how that impacts a man, you know? Absolutely. Um, Because we always talk about, society always talks about women having daddy issues. And it's evident that, like, males are also impacted by their father relationships, by their mother relationships. Um, And so you came to mind and... I was just wondering what was your experience with your father in the past and presently, um, so we could start there. Yeah, absolutely. This, I'm, I'm, I'm like super excited to have this conversation with you, and there was a lot of things as you were sharing about your relationship with your father and throughout your life that I could definitely relate to. So, um, and for me, it's funny, like the questions about 
what's your relationship with your father to me, but I actually feel like I have to start with what my relationship with my mother was, right? So um, my name is Robinson. I'm named after my mother. My mother's name was Robin. I'm literally named Robin's son and grew up with my mother being my best friend um, in New York City and grew up with a father who for my entire life lived in Los Angeles, so 3,000 miles away approximately. And so I would say um, for the majority of my life, like similar to you, not necessarily traumatic events had occurred that would have me have um, fear of being around him or things of that nature, but definitely um, a lot of missed moments and a lot of pivotal missed moments that I think at the time um, I had sadness around Mm -hmm. and then later that sadness turned into resentment Mm -hmm. and I'm not even sure if I was aware of those at those moments right Mm -hmm. so I think of like pivotal moments of you know teaching myself how to shave Mm -hmm. um, and cutting myself and not really knowing how to shave I think about like learning how to tie a tie through a YouTube video Mm -hmm. and struggling and struggling and struggling and so some of those moments that I would kind of quintessentially say oh those are the father-son moments that one kind of mm-hmm. looks up to or has occur um, when you grow up with the father in the home at least what I've made up about those mm-hmm. who have grown up with fathers in the home because I don't know right mm-hmm. um, but so I would say those are things I didn't really experience growing up mm-hmm. and I think um, how that formed my relationship with others is I found myself looking for friendships with women throughout my entire life, looking Mm. for mentors who are women my entire life, looking for teachers who are women my entire life, and really shying away from male relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, And for the most part, having male relationships that were very, very surface level. and so just, those, that was kind of my experience, right? And I can, I can list more examples. Like, you know, I was recently uh, with some friends and they wanted to play football. And I was like, okay. Um, and they were like, Robinson, would you like to be the quarterback? And I was like, well, no one ever actually taught me how to throw a football. And so, no. <laughs> right? I don't have a spiral. It's not going down many yards. Like, the, the things that I did athletically, the things I did blank, were the things that you either didn't need a partner for or that you could train yourself and teach yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that was really my relationship with my father until my early twenties, um, where once again, something occurred with my mother, Mm -hmm. but I think had a direct transformation with my father. And what occurred was that my mother was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in October of 2009. And she passed away, um, three months to the day after she was diagnosed. And so my mother and father although we're not together during any part of my life that I was aware of, right? So Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, as a baby, but once I have memories, I've never actually had memories of them um, being together, right? Mm -hmm. Particularly living in two different coasts, but I also never had memories of my mother saying a bad word about my father. Right. um, Or voicing displeasure or disappointment or anything else in the relationship she had or the relationship that I had. And so... Um, I think there was like a pivotal day when my father came to New York to visit my mother while she was in the hospital. And um, I wasn't there for that conversation, but whatever occurred in that conversation, I think my mother really requested, knowing that she most likely would not be um, living much longer, Mm. that my father really looked to transform his relationship with me. Mm. And so 
Um, and you know, I think a lot of people have possibly been asked to like take care of others and, and loved ones, mm-hmm. passings and things of that nature. But my father um, rose to the occasion mm-hmm. in a way that I wouldn't have expected. Mm. Um, and I think for me, he, he not only rose to the occasion, but I also gave him an opportunity to rise to the occasion. Yeah. I, I started looking at, with the time I have with my father, because um, my father was is in his 80s. He was 50 when I was born, um, unexpectedly. <laughs> um, and so I lost my mother at 58. And so I think when all those things occurred, the question I started asking myself wasn't like, what should my father have done differently or what mm-hmm. kind of father would I like? Mm-hmm. But the question I asked myself was, well, okay, and was asked by others, well, what kind of son would you like to be? Wow. And so I thought about that and I said, well, I want to be a son who can learn from this person. I want to be a son who can teach this person. I want to be a son who can just have moments of getting to know this person. Um, and I realized that we didn't really know each other. We had spent cordial amounts of time together, um, but didn't really know each other. And, you know, over the past few years, he's continuously chosen to be a mentor friend to me, um, business advisor, and I've at times chosen to be a son, a friend, a confidant to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that when I was married in 2017, my father was my best man. Nice. Um, and recently, so as of 2018, my father, who, like I said, lived in Southern California my entire life, um, let me know the week before my wedding that he would be moving to New York City to spend time with me. And I thought that was... I, I would have bet a lot of money that he was not getting on a plane. He wasn't going to sell his house. He wasn't going to relocate to, I don't know many people in their 80s who mm-hmm. move from the West Coast to a cold city <laughs> six months out of the year. Um, you know, having him, him not having dealt with snow in a long, long time. And so he actually did end up moving. And so that's been a really phenomenal experience just because there's certain things that I didn't realize I was missing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in now experiencing, I not necessarily miss what has passed, but I really get to appreciate what's occurring. Mm-hmm. And like just simple examples like Sunday dinners, mm-hmm. which hadn't been something I experienced since my mother's passing. And I'll use just one more example that I was uh, last year at one point I had a big event I was going to, and I was um, there was it was like a black tie affair. And there was no water in my building. There was a broken water main, and the water was shut down in that moment. I, I had 90 minutes to get ready um, for an event I was actually being honored at. <laughs> and it was like this moment of fear. Well, I don't know. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my father lives in New York City. I can go to his house and take a shower and get dressed because we're family. Right. Um, and it was like a small moment, but that insight of like, oh, I actually do have someone I can call in a moment like this. I do mm-hmm. have someone, if I'm locked out, I can call. I do have someone I can give that extra set of keys to. Um, that was really transformative. And it's like, the, I think it's those small moments that have like the big impact. Does he live nearby? He does. He lives on the same avenue. <laughs> <laughs> so we went from living 3,000 miles away to literally on the same avenue. Like three minutes away. Yeah, it's amazing. That's awesome. Um, it's interesting that you said you sought out female mentorship mm-hmm. or female relationships, whereas um, as a female, missing a dad, when you said that, I was just like, oh, wow. I feel like we look for 
male relationships yeah. not even knowing what that looks like like you did what you knew because yeah. you know your mom was super powerful in your life and you know the women you know you can trust the women that's what it felt like i could trust them um i could be myself around them and, yeah and those are the people who i'm going to seek out because those are the relationships i'm most comfortable with yeah and then as a female we're looking for validation from the male mm-hmm. so we kind of like go through like just trying to identify something in a man that's very interesting yeah um so much so just as an aside that i'm recent i recently got invited to a bachelorette party right? <laughs> um, because it was like this core group of people they're used to me being the only man around right. and it's like well why wouldn't we invite him to the party like we've invited him to every other party for the last 15 years even if it was just ladies night so um that's like shows you just how much i saw female friendships and relationships yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that's, that's awesome fun, right? yes um okay so into your young adulthood yeah you began building a relationship with your dad. Um, how had prior to, I guess, how did that impact what you thought a man was? So at which point in my life? I guess how, I think overall, because obviously just in hearing you speaking, there's a shift yes, that absolutely. occurred. So how prior to do you feel like you were being shaped as a man? And afterwards, how do you think it changed? That's a good question. I think um, I think some of those moments that were shifting, so I would say there's a lot of different ways in which I think the relationship was impacting me. Mm-hmm. So I think there were certain ways in which because I didn't necessarily have that male figure in my life, I shied away from traditional, and I'm saying traditional like quotes unquote, but like mm-hmm. things that would normally be associated with masculinity at that time. Okay. Like there were certain ways where it's like whether it was specific sports mm-hmm. or friendships with men or things of that nature or certain things like that that I would say I definitely shied away from mm-hmm. um, and didn't want to be associated with. Okay. Um, and then I would also say there's probably ways, if I'm going to be honest, that... I shied away from those things and then probably ways in which I looked to overcompensate okay. for those things as well. So I guess when you were doing that, what was your definition of a man? And because, you know, you're growing, you're going yeah, through puberty, you're a young boy to a young, to an adolescent, to a young adult. So like, what was your idea of what a man was? Mm-hmm. And did that perspective shift? once you know you started to have that relationship with your dad yeah i would say as you know growing up my perspective of a man was based on you know tv shows mm-hmm. right like the sitcom dads right mm-hmm. like so like uncle phil <laughs> like, yeah and like and other things like that I was like oh that guy is doing it all right he's mm-hmm. lovable mm-hmm. um and but he's able to provide for his family he's able to be this rock for his family his foundation mm-hmm. things of that nature and so what I think probably what occurred was that I felt the need or the desire to really be like a, an adult mm-hmm. in my home, mm-hmm. even though I was still not an adult. I was a child or I was mm-hmm. a preteen or at times I was a teen. But I think there were certain times in which I took on either responsibilities or wanting to be a protector or wanting to be 
a provider or wanting to make sure that my mother didn't have anything to worry about in relationship to me. Mm-hmm. I think what it most kind of did is I felt like I associated that with with a, a man with being res- with having responsibility. Okay. Um, and so I think I looked to take on responsibility at a young age. Mm-hmm. Consistently in my home, I looked up to take on responsibility at a young age. When you say young age, what is that? What does that look like? My entire life. Like, I can okay. remember being five or six looking to, like, how can I help? Okay. Um, and hearing feedback from people, like, well, don't you want to go play with other kids? No, I don't want to play with other kids. <laughs> like, let me make sure my mom's okay. Right. Let me make sure that my sister's okay. Let me be a protector in that way. Right. Um, so... Do you want to go play outside? No, I don't want to go out play outside. I want to be here so I can be of support. To look out for everybody. Look out for everyone. Right. Okay. And so, Uncle Phil, you looked at Uncle Phil. Um, you said, you know, you built a lot of female relationships. Yeah. So, how does that, how did that show up, I guess, when it was time to, like, have a girlfriend? Like, how did you feel like you needed to be in that relationship? Or did you engage in those types of relationships? Just, you know, because, like, intimate relationships can be very different from, like, intimate friendships. Yeah, absolutely. I would say I probably excelled at having intimate friendships. Mm -hmm. um, And then excelled at having intimate relationships that I wouldn't let myself be vulnerable or overly intimate with right so I would say when it came to friendships I'll share everything I'll trust everything we're Mm -hmm. like in this forever together we're friends Mm -hmm. and then when it came to the romantic relationships that's Mm -hmm. when it was like well let me not give my heart over too too much Mm -hmm. because one I don't want to be hurt Mm -hmm. two I'm afraid of being hurt because I don't know how deep this hurt could be Mm -hmm. right and so you know growing up inside of that so I think I would say in friendships I was kind of all in and mm-hmm. in romantic relationships I was not all in mm-hmm. um, or and not in a way that was um, sneaky or dishonest mm-hmm. but just in a way where there was certain I wasn't I was more likely to spend intimate moments and share time with the friends in my life than mm-hmm. I was with the significant others at that time right do you feel that Perhaps, and I don't know, like, if your mom had, like, intimate relationships where it could be example, but do you feel like your dad not being around growing up or seeing them in relationship, it was hard to kind of figure out what you needed to do in those relation- those types of relationships? Oh, absolutely. You know, I remember my mom kind of having a talk with me about asking a, 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 a girlfriend out. Okay. And I was like, what? I'm supposed to ask them out? And, you know, this was... <laughs> few years ago right there may be different ways in which people are taught now but at the time she's like yeah that's your job that's your role you do the asking i was like mm-hmm. oh okay mm-hmm. thanks for the heads up i wasn't aware of this right no one told me right um and so there was a lot of like i guess trying to figure things out by myself and then mm-hmm. also looking for her now i would say my father remarried several times um <laughs> My mother, for the most part in my adult life, never had another significant, significant romantic relationship. Okay. Um, and so I don't know if, you know, I don't know exactly why that, what choices mm-hmm. made for those things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But what I can say is it always felt like between both of them that they loved each other very much. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, there, it wouldn't be far off to think that maybe there could have been a day where they retired to Costa Rica together or something of that nature. <laughs> now, obviously that didn't occur. But I think 
I think they're they both kind of have like okay we'll see how this goes and then right. whatever happens when we're Happen. in our 80s and 90s so I think for me two things was one I kind of learned from her or learned from like just making stuff up okay and then two I didn't really associate a lot of value with marriage Got because it. I saw my father go through several marriages that, that although they had been significant in time I don't think were the most significant relationships of his life right and then I saw my mother and him kind of share an ongoing love, even though it wasn't romantic, it wasn't consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was like, I thought, I kind of looked at like, the idea is to find someone you can love, mm-hmm. not necessarily inside of that loving, will it look the way I think it should look. Right, right. That's interesting. Okay. Um, so throughout my life, I've had two very interesting parents who've had two very interesting experiences and the the interesting thing for me has been that when I have sought counsel on you know how do you do this or like if something happened and I'm like why would they do this they're my mom they're my dad um something that would come up from more than one person is that for instance like my dad he's a man before he is my father Mm -hmm. and he's had to navigate this world as a man and his choices are not necessarily indicative of him being my father was there ever a moment where you had to come to a certain recognition that this person is a person first and then he's my father and perhaps the things that have occurred really have nothing to do with me and it may have everything to do with the fact that, you know, my dad, my grandfather is just like a roller. <laughs> like He just used to do what he did. And him and my dad used to hang out. And so for me, I had to kind of come to terms with the fact that my dad may not necessarily know how to do it. Absolutely. How I need it. Absolutely. So was there a moment where... Or was there a moment or a thing that you recognized that that may have been the case as to, you know? Absolutely. You know, I think as I get older and our relationship gets closer, I'm able to identify those moments more and more and more, Mm -hmm. which provides a greater level of compassion. Mm -hmm. um, Because I'm not expecting him to be some TV character. Right which is an unfair expectation. And then I can also see it's that It's a they, good expectation. Yeah, yeah, right? It's a good expectation, but I think we got to be understanding when they fall a little short of it. Or in my case, some places a lot of short, right? So I would say, I would say, now that we have a deep relationship, I'm able to see him as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm able to appreciate what he brings to the table to me as a father, but I'm also able to appreciate what he brings to the table as a person. Right. And also able to see what his shortcomings and fallings may be as a person right. as well. Um, with... I would say growing up, there was like a key moment where his um, second woman he was married to, and I was in middle school at that time, um, we had a very, very um, friction, tense relationship. While Um, you were in middle school? Yes. You and your dad? Well, me and And my father's wife at that time. Okay, okay. And there was a moment where I felt like he was choosing Her. her. Mm-hmm. And he was. Right? right. It wasn't like I was like being a kid making it up in my head. Like, no, right. I'm like saying this is what's occurring. Um, and I can see now that like the whatever he wanted to be as a father in that moment, he also needed to be a husband. Right. And he also wanted to be in relationship with someone he had chosen. Right. Um, and I think he was navigating that as well. Mm-hmm. And so 
at the time it was like how could he choose her and doesn't he see these things and then when I was actually kind of removed from the relationship Mm -hmm. their marriage started to crumble because I think some of the things she had been focusing on me Mm -hmm. started being focusing on him focused Mm -hmm. on him but in hindsight I'm like that's not an easy thing to be right your your wife is has tension with your son Mm -hmm. who's a middle school person and maybe the tension's real or maybe the tension's you know he doesn't like the fact that she's trying to replace x or y Mm -hmm. or z like there it it was difficult to navigate Mm -hmm. um but so now i'm able to like look at like oh wow look at all the ways in which he gets to be a human right And, and what's been fantastic is the more opportunities he's learned from his human experience the more he's able to share with me where I'm able to one, have compassion for him, but also have compassion for myself, mm-hmm. you know? And so when I start to see, when he shares about the times in which he has regrets or the moments he would have chosen differently or the moments where he's learned through failure, then I start to not be as hard on myself when I feel like those moments are occurring to me. Mm-hmm. And you said a great point. Like he may not know, right? Sometimes fathers, there's not a, I don't know. There may be manuals. But I haven't read the manuals, <laughs> but I don't know how great those manuals are. Right. And so, you know, my father grew up, so if he's 80 now he grew up with a father who i don't believe he ever said i love you to Mm -hmm. right and if he did say i love you it probably was in the last week or two of his father's life life. yeah um and so that's 50 years without his father ever saying i love you right so i think you know i think one of the things we can look at two generationally is like how do people show what are the ways in which they're like we're learning from the generation before us and we're either looking to like learn something new mm-hmm. but I think like the compassion around it right my mm-hmm. father I think grew up saying you know never saying I love you and never having a real conversation with his father mm-hmm. even though they lived in the same house right and so I didn't live in the same house as my father but he actually I can't imagine living in the same house and not having a real genuine conversation for 18 to 20 years at a time. Right. Because then at that point you're out the house and it's just like whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. That that brings me to my next question which was actually going to be like what are some conscious choices you feel that you would make with your children based off of, you know, the interactions that you may have had with your your dad? Yeah, I And why? Absolutely. So my father so I'll go back to the last part I was saying around like him sharing about his failures and things Mm -hmm. of that nature him sharing about his regrets you know my father um, is a member of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous right Mm -hmm. so I also grew up in the moments that I would share with him um, because he didn't often have a babysitter sometimes I would go to meetings with him as like a five year old hearing like you know hi I'm blank I'm an alcoholic and here's my story right and so um (laughs) That's kind of awesome, though. Isn't it? Like, in hindsight, it's really awesome. Yeah. Because those, I think, were moments of seeing humanity and not seeing a super father. Mm -hmm. Right? I can't imagine if I had grown up for 20 years and then found out he was an alcoholic 20 years into it. Right. And he was hiding it from me. Or he didn't want me to know because he wanted to maintain this perfect image. So I think, for me, when it would come for my time to be a father... I think I'd like to set an example, but I also think part of setting that example is showing the moments when I don't have the answers, showing mm-hmm. the moments where I'm scared, showing the moments mm-hmm. where I'm like going to vulnerably share and not put on a projection mm-hmm. um, and a false image that would then possibly have that person think that they need to um, put on a projection or a false image with me or others. Right. Awesome. Um, so now... You're doing this amazing work professionally yep. that 
continues to carry on the legacy of your mother. Um, how has these experience with your father specifically helped shape or impact the work that you do? That's a great question. Because um, now, so, you know, for those who don't know, my mother was the founder of the organization I work at, right? And mm -hmm. so I took over at 22 when she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And I had little to no real professional experience at that time. And so people often, and like, I've never actually thought about it this way. And so I'm, you know, hopefully my dad gets to listen to this podcast, right? <laughs> but so I would say this this organization that I'm a part of, the work that I do is clearly a continuation and ode to like the legacy of my mother. Even this moment as we're having this conversation, mm -hmm. I'm looking at a photo and a quote from her that's like directly 12 o'clock, <laughs> right? And I've never even realized, wow, I sit in the same seat each day. We have a, tape, a wall full of 30 photos and I sit on the one that's directly in front of her. Mm -hmm. So it's completely... Uh, the work I do is completely a testament to her. It's completely a continuation of her legacy. And I feel very confident in saying that the organization that I'm the director of would not be in existence in 2019 if my father hasn't, hadn't stepped up to be the mentor, friend, mm. and advisor he's been since 2009. Mm. So for me, it's actually what's amazing is like it, it's absolutely a testament to her legacy and in this moment, I don't know if I've ever had the awareness until this conversation. It's actually absolutely a testament to his legacy as well. Mm -hmm. Because as a 22-year-old, 23-year-old, 24-year-old, there was times in which I did not know the way to go. There was times in which I made big mistakes. There was times in which mm -hmm. I, you know, called him in tears. Mm -hmm. There's times in which I messed up. There's times in which I didn't call him back for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. There's times in which he didn't call me back for long periods of time. But how he's been able to be a friend and, like, advisor at mm -hmm. one point he was the vice president of momentum for two years mm -hmm. so you know he's completely shaped what i like in many different ways from mm -hmm. the organizational standpoint i would say with the, in like specific ways he's participated in our program mm -hmm. so he could look to improve our program mm -hmm. but he's also participated in my life in a way in which i could learn from him mm -hmm. and then look to apply with other people in my life that's beautiful. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either <laughs> until this moment when I really thought about it. That is awesome. Um, so, yeah, so he's super impactful. Um, and being that you do have regular engagement with all types of people, men, women, vast amounts of ages, mm -hmm. uh, which is interesting that your mom and your dad are so far we're so far apart absolutely. in age so because you're kind of already dealing with two different generations absolutely um two different generations two different cultures yeah yeah so i know that for me um sharing my experience with others to help support them in their healing or their journey um has not you know when you can identify traits in another person's story and they can identify traits in your story um, I find that that to be very helpful or you can, Absolutely. it can lead for them to have an aha moment or even in your share, Absolutely. have an aha moment. Like we just experienced, do you ever find connection to your experience in another man or woman? And how has that allowed you to help them or even help yourself? Absolutely. So, um, you know, a lot of the work I do is about supporting people and getting clear on their vision for their life and then hopefully giving them tools to create that vision and bring it to mm -hmm. fruition. And what I find is there are a lot of people who crave relationships with certain people in their lives. Sometimes it's family members, sometimes it's friends, sometimes it's their children, and have made up 
that based on the history of that relationship, it's not possible to change the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so for me, one of the biggest gifts of my relationship with my father is that I've been able to be an example of relationships can change, mm-hmm. right? And now there's no magic wand that says every single relationship is going to be our dream relationship and everything's going to change and it's always going to work out. Mm-hmm. But there, for some who are looking, who, who really do want to make that phone call to a loved one or they want to maybe get to know a friend, a, a loved mm-hmm. one differently or ask a question or just admit, hey, I miss you. I don't like the fact that we don't see each other enough. I don't like the fact that mm-hmm. we text as opposed to call. I don't like the fact yeah. that I can't remember the last time we shared a meal together. For some of those people, this can be also be evidence that those moments can change. That yeah. those moments, you know, to have my father be my best man at my wedding and really mean it. Right. Really mean it was something I was not expecting. Something I would never have expected. And um, to have my father move across the country and move from a house in California to a one-bedroom apartment <laughs> in New York City. Um, he don't need all that house anyway. <laughs> exactly. And so, but to have him make that choice mm-hmm. at 81 at the time, it's like, these are, these are things that if I wasn't, if I wasn't experiencing it, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would believe it. Mm-hmm. Like, personally, and I'm not talking about I would believe it if someone else said it, but if you told me 10 years ago, um, while my mother was in that hospital bed, this is what mm-hmm. your relationship with your father is going to look like. Mm-hmm. I would have said, yeah, right. That's, that's powerful. That's very powerful. Um, let's see. So, based on your experience, mm-hmm. what is one thing or a few things that you would tell your future father self? My future father self. This is great, right? What's the advice that I hope I remember and listen to? Um, <laughs> right. So I would say, um, um, I guess what's coming up for me in this moment is really look to be generous with my heart, um, with my children, and not just show love by providing. Mm-hmm. And that is not in any way a indictment of those who have shown love and mm-hmm. you know work multiple jobs to provide for their children and maybe so tired when they come home that they're not able to have certain conversations mm-hmm. but I think for me it's um as someone who's not yet a father and feels excitement to be a father and also genuine fear um, <laughs> to be a father I think the fear often comes from will I provide enough yeah as opposed to like well what if it's about being generous with my heart and mm-hmm. letting them see me so that I can really see them throughout their entire journey? Mm-hmm. And so I think that would be, like, the big one um, is, like, really look to be, you know, if I was talking to future me, look to be generous with your heart and um, make time for special moments. Mm-hmm. And sometimes special moments aren't – there's a lot of special moments in between a graduation and a birth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there are. As much as possible, look – to either be a part of special moments or create special moments, right? And I think about my mother, who was a single mother as I was growing up with three children, Mm -hmm. um, who worked all over the world. And so there was events that she missed, Mm -hmm. but there were special moments she created outside of the significant events. Mm -hmm. So was she at every recital or every basketball game? No. Mm -hmm. But were there Saturday mornings where we went to a comic book store Mm -hmm. or Sunday evenings where we ate dinner together or Tuesday long car rides 
there was like though there were special moments along the way outside of what the quote unquote significant events were. Awesome. That I mean, yeah. That's very interesting because I often um I think that as a mother, I struggle with the same kind of thing like am I providing enough and not necessarily, you know, monetarily, mm-hmm. but like being present. Absolutely. And so with my oldest it was me just me and her for a really long time and so like now I do find like I gotta make sure I'm doing this I gotta make sure I'm doing that if I miss this gotta make it up for this um but yeah like providing can show up in different ways like obviously make sure they eat they have a place to live um make sure that they have clothes and that is some some people's perspective of like how to love their kids but I think for me I know that I've always been very conscious and aware of making sure that I'm present with her and making sure that she knows that I see her and that she knows that you know she is loved and I'm interested in what she's doing and you know being around for her so I would say that's pretty good advice all right good to your future self I'll I'll give myself one more advice (laughs) um Call Meredith a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I will pick up the phone. Um, something that would be really good for you to read. Um, you, we're, you're familiar with Brene Brown. Absolutely. Um, she has a parenting manifesto. Oh, cool. Um, and it opens, above all else, I want you to know that you are loved and lovable. You will learn this from my words and actions. The lessons on love are in how I treat you and how I treat myself. Beautiful. So, it's pretty awesome um and then lastly what is something that you would want to say to your father in this moment what is something i would want to say to my father in this moment um yeah i would say it's probably something i want to say to him every time we share a moment right and so Mm -hmm. You know, even tonight I'm going to be having dinner with my father, right? And so, which is like so, you know, the synergy of this conversation at this moment in time is so perfect. Um, Yeah, I just want to say, you know, thank you. And I love you. And I think, um, I actually think that's more than enough. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I'm grateful that I don't remember the last time we spent time together where I didn't say those words. Awesome. Thank you so much, Robinson. Thank you. (laughs)